0: Time now for Making Sense of the Markets with Laurie Pinkowski. Laurie is a senior portfolio manager at Canaccord Genuity and joins us now. Good morning, Laurie. Good morning, Simi. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. How are those markets doing today?
1: Well, markets are a little bit mixed today. I mean, we've had a kind of a negative start to the week. Uh, There's a huge focus on earnings this week. So investors are looking at that. And, you know, companies that are beating expectations are, you know, being congratulated and their stock price is moving higher. Uh, Those that are meeting or uh, coming in below expectations um, are being hit a little bit. So it really depends on uh, which company you're looking at, which we're going to discuss. And markets are really only down slightly over 1% percent this week, which is kind of normal after after we've seen, um, you know, markets stabilizing over the past few weeks. And so investors are also keeping a close eye out on economic data that's coming out this week in the U.S. We're um, we're awaiting another uh, rate hike by the Federal Reserve, and we're wondering if this is going to be the last one. And uh, so what they have to say about that is going to be uh, extremely important. And sorry, that's uh, uh, coming out next week. Um, Also look at GDP numbers uh, waiting on that uh, in the U.S. as well as in Canada. So investors are really have a lot to digest this week. This is one of the busiest earnings weeks uh, we're going to see this quarter. It sure sounds like it. Also, what about the real estate market? we're seeing some improvement in the real estate market Uh, in Canada. We're seeing um, even just, you know, um, for clients, clients are looking at, that we're looking at buying or actually, you know, making transactions happen. But really overall in Canada, we're seeing sales activity increase. Uh, I think Canadians are feeling um, that the real estate market has hit bottom. And, you know, I'm not totally convinced of that. I still think that we need to see where interest rates uh, hold steady here. And, and when is the Bank of Canada finally going to reduce rates? I mean, one positive that I've learned is that the banks are being more accommodative to those that have variable mortgages, whether they're you know just paying down the interest at this time or they're extending amortization. Um, to 35 years so that people are able to kind of get through this rough patch in terms of mortgage payments. So that's something we did not see in 2008. So whether the worst is behind us in terms of real estate, or we're going to see a further decline, maybe this fall or early next year, depending again on how accommodative these banks are going to be, especially what's happened um, with some of those regional banks in the US, they don't have that flexibility to be, you know, maybe um, as easygoing as they want because lending has become tighter over, co- over the la- last few weeks and months because of what's happened in the U.S. So people are not able to get the loans and mortgages that they uh, once were able to get just because of what's happening in the, the banking system. Very
0: true. Now, you mentioned um, earnings season there. So let's talk about those companies that seem to be doing well.
1: Yeah, so some of the mega cap tech stocks, uh, Alphabet or Google, uh, the stock is uh, almost up 1% uh, after reporting yesterday. Uh, so that was positive, they reported positive earnings and beat estimates. Microsoft is a, is a huge one. Uh, they easily beat targets, uh, thanks to its intelligent cloud business segment. Uh, we saw revenue in the cloud services increase 16% year over year. So this is kind of a darling this week, I would say. Uh, this is a company we 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 own the stock is up almost 7% this morning uh, after reporting yesterday after market. We're going to see Meta report after close today, which is of course, Facebook, Um, McDonald's reported uh, yesterday also beat uh, the stock was, you know, maybe down 1% after they reported. uh, But realistically, it's sitting at a a very close to its all time high. So it had this run before and uh, we saw the same stores uh, sales. Um, uh, top estimates in Japan, Australia, Canada, France, Germany. So they're doing well. And again, if you're kind of in the recession camp, you want to think of some of these companies, right? Like McDonald's that uh, are going to kind of hold steady. But, you know, after seeing the run-up again, you know, thoughts that we always have as active managers, when you see a company move like that, even though it's McDonald's, we should be trimming off of it, taking some profit. Um, Chipotle uh, Mexican Grill is sizzling, as they say, beating both earnings and revenue. The stock is up 12% this morning. So again, it's not all bad news out there, Simi. I think that's important. Again, not all companies are reporting well. Um, UPS, United Parcel Service, uh, it's down 11%. This isn't the company we own. But again, it kind of gives you that uh, idea of what's happening over, overall in the U.S. economy. So <clears throat> there's a lot of data pointing to a slowing uh, economy. I think you have to be very selective in the companies that you own right now or your financial advisor does, and they have to be on top of earnings and, and looking at what future guidance is telling us. Um, you know, as we are in a slowing economy, you got to be careful of what you own here
0: Yeah you know, uh, some of it's surprising too Lori because you know the fact that alphabet kind of led the week in earnings McDonald's like we're talking about higher food prices and some of these are our restaurants.
1: Yeah, know it's true. And what you know, McDonald's is looking for is uh, they definitely felt their costs go up. Uh, and what's going to depend going forward on, is on higher traffic uh, to drive their their growth this quarter. And I, I remember again, as food prices come down, and uh, it, essentially, uh, you know, the idea is is that food prices will be lower at some point that they're going to be able to lower prices. Not everyone's a believer in that, but if they want to increase foot traffic and they want business coming their way, maybe that's what they're going to have to do uh, over the next quarter or two. So that's something that we'll be watching, Um, you know, but it's interesting to see that a lot of these companies are coming out much more positive than expected. Uh, So it's a surprise to the upside. Okay. So now if we do make some money
0: and we have a little bit that we would like to preserve, how do we start to do that
1: yeah you know we just talked about this on on our podcast uh, ready set retire with john mccomb about preserving the longevity of your wealth and you know it really you really have to talk to your family about what your plans are going forward because again there's um the thought that you know by the third generation the wealth that you've created could be gone And a lot of that has to do with the first generation, you know, worked hard, made sacrifices, building that wealth. While the second generation saw their parents you know, struggling to make ends meet, but then finally having success. And so they still have that value of money, because they saw their parents uh, make those sacrifices and build that wealth. Well, the third generation, unless they're talked to or communicated with, didn't really see those struggles, right? And so as adults, they're, they're spending more of that inheritance and that wealth, uh, and maybe making not the right investment decisions or business decisions. So you can have a, you know, open communication with your family about how you want that wealth managed um, you know, managed, uh, you know uh, as generations uh, go through. So the first one is start a plan and document it, right? Think about the vision for your wealth for generations to come. The plan should set out goals and provisions for how you wish your funds to be used, um, accessed or replenished. You may think it's important for family to, you know, use the funds for further education to start up a business, <clears throat> some to travel or or maybe not to travel. Uh, you know, you may not want them, you know, spending it, uh, you know, on luxury sports cars and things. So you, you can actually write this down, uh, whether they're going to uh, adhere to it. Um, it really depends on how you structure that. So again, you'd meet with a lawyer, uh, you want to update your will is the best place to start. But also having sort of this document about future generational uh, wealth transfer. It's essential also that your beneficiaries understand your plan. So communicate the plan with future generations is really important. Um, that's, a bit of an o- dis- that's a bit of an awkward one though, isn't it? It's so hard to talk about money stuff with family members. Yeah, It depends on the family, I'd say. You know, I mean, there's definitely some families that are more closed lipped sort of thing. Um, and I've seen problems arise from that. You know, for example, we had uh, a client where the parents uh, or the father ended up um, using a trust company instead of their oldest children uh, to manage their money, and they didn't know that. So, had that been communicated, it would have gone a lot smoother, and um, and you know, ideas could have been shared. So, you're right; it can be awkward, but it's necessary. I can't tell you enough with all the families that we deal with and all the you know, intergenerational wealth transfer conversations that I'm sitting in with clients at the table. Um, you know, and that's good when you bring in a financial advisor, a third party that can help you have those awkward conversations as uh, as you say, Simi, which which is true. Um, and then share the decision-making responsibility if you're comfortable with your adult children, if, if you can, and if, you know, uh, they're able to. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, then you're educating them as time goes on. We get a lot of calls to me from even NW here, where people call and say, I've inherited, you know, a million dollars or more, and uh, I've never had money. I don't know how to manage it. I don't even know the first step to take. And so that's why it's so important uh, to be having those kind of uh, conversations earlier on. And again, considering using tools such as in- uh, insurance and trust that can also minimize taxes. So, all of these things are, are really to help smooth that transition of wealth from generation to generation and make sure everybody's in the know and make sure that uh, your family's educated and that you have a good financial uh, team to deal with uh, because they're going to need help as it flows through the generations.
0: All right, great advice as always. Thank you for that, Lori. Thanks so much, Simi. Have a great week. I look forward to talking to you next week. Absolutely. Me too. That's Lori Pinkowski. Lori is a Senior Portfolio Manager at Canaccord Genuity. Now you can contact her team directly at 604-695-LORI or you can check out their website at pinkowski.ca.